welcome to UX Banter Season 3, where I, Dushyant Kanungo, talk to the leaders in the design field about their journey and what inspires them to be the best. I also touch upon the aspects of the industry such as jobs, trends and challenges to name a few. This podcast is presented by Galaxy UX Studio and powered by Galaxy Weblinks and Inc 5000 company. Hello everyone. Welcome to the new episode of UX Panther podcast. Today, get ready to meet our incredible guest who is known for her empathy and unwavering commitment to delivering exceptional product experiences. With a unique blend of design thinking, research and UX expertise, she excels at working closely with enterprise stakeholders, helping them align business objectives with user needs. Her wide-ranging skills set cover digital strategy, branding, SEO, information architecture and UI design. She has skillfully turned challenges into triumphs for top global brands like HP, Emerson and IBM. Please welcome the UX director of Elevated Third, Mindy Leek. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm glad you asked me. Welcome to the show, Mindy. How are you doing today? Doing really well. Thank you. How are you? doing well so far and i think uh, this is the highlight for my day today because i get to record another episode and with you i think it is going to be a blast oh good i'm looking forward to it as well <laughs> all right so as the custom goes let me start by asking about your journey and you know what happened what made you choose this career path and how you reached to this level of your career as you are right now yeah that's a great question Uh so I was in art school and I was in University of Texas in Austin and everyone kept saying what are you going to do with an art degree and I'm like I don't know but I hope to you know do something I just had a feeling um and so I finished my art degree there and then moved to New York where I was doing product design actually when I first graduated from UT I was doing kite design and making kites and that was a lot of fun <laughs> user testing on kites is the way to go let me say that's a good first start. So my first job actually had a lot of user testing even though I wasn't fully aware of what I was doing at the time. And then moved to New York and had really great opportunities in furniture design, working with in marketing and furniture design for a Soho company. Worked um women's tools and DIY. I was a lead designer on a DIY lifestyle and brand for a woman there who did that. I also designed um products and packaging and so I went from that world uh decided to move back to Austin, Texas and was looking for another product design role and I was like there's so many I was told up you know indeed or whatever it was at the time and but they were all software and I was like well I haven't really done software but I have made my own portfolio you know on HTML you know I was quite proud of myself I had my own website uh, with my portfolio and I went to Barnes and Noble and sat down in the aisles and literally read the books on like what is the cloud like how do i host a website where does a website live you know to understand digital the digital landscape and i found myself you know just sending out an email to people i knew like hey i i'm looking for a new job a new prospect and someone that i had worked with before to come work at our agency and so i started at a b2b agency that's where my clients were with IBM and you know the ones you mentioned in the um in HP you know those enterprise clients were at that agency and I worked there um several years it was interaction design you know when I started 
UX hadn't quite been defined. Granted, the people at IBM had like human factors, you know, and engineers of human interactions, you know, things of that nature. IBM doing it for a long time. And so as we were stepping out with saying, we do UX, user experience design, you know, that that became a thing as we were all there in different other agencies in Austin were facing the same thing. Like we're defining this role and we had to train people, you know, to, that started there. Like this is UX. One of my clients was Emerson Process Management and the VP of Marketing said, hey, we develop our products with human-centered design. Like the, the, the process measurement tools and things that they created and we want to do our marketing in the same way and so they sent me and a few others from the team to human-centered design training in at Luma Institute in uh, I think it was Philadelphia and, um, and Emerson sent me and a few other people from our agency to Luma Institute for training on human-centered design and it was really interesting because we brought that product design which I had background in already into the marketing work that we were doing, the digital marketing work we were doing for them. Um, and that's where my whole u- design thinking and user-centered, human-centered process really ignited as a result of that training. Right. So, I mean, interesting transition. You said that you lived all your life in Texas until college in Austin. Then you yeah. moved to New York. And then you worked as a product designer there for quite some time. So what was the transition like? Was it difficult to just switch from some central state to, you know, East Coast to the Big Apple, I think, as they as they call it? Yeah, it was a definite transition. You know, Texas girl moves to New York. I remember stepping out of the car and like, oh, gosh, there's a there's an earthquake. But it was actually the subway, you know, underneath me. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh. Because I think, uh, you know, I moved there right after 9-11. I gave my two weeks notice to my current job. Like the, I said, I'm, I'm supposed to move in two weeks, but we have to wait, you know, for a little bit to see if everything calms down. And I wait. I went ahead and moved and arrived on like 9-22 or something of, of that year. And so, you know, I had to delay starting a job and everything at that time because of that event. But when I arrived, everyone was very open-hearted. So I, ha- I experienced a different New York at that time. Everyone was telling their stories. Everyone was vulnerable and bonding about those experiences. And so as unfortunate and terrible as it was, it was a very open reception to new people and friendships that were able to be made at that time. And wow. so, yeah. I mean, everybody has the story about the tragic events that happened. And you being, I think, one of the first people to move to New York in, during those turbulent times. I, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, everyone uh, was leaving. So I <laughs> wasn't going. Yeah. But at the same time, the another, the humane side of New York must be quite apparent. And when you're starting out a career, I mean, you were working before that anyways, but, you know, going to a big city and experiencing that side of human nature you think that has contributed towards the empathy and the work that you do in user experience design now? Oh, absolutely. I've been very uh, connected to people. That's how you connect with clients. That's how you connect with users is reaching that emotional place with each other. Well, you're, well, you're vulnerable, you know, Brene Brown says it best, but that I really connected with her message because that vulnerability, excuse me, that vulnerability is you know, something that people are sometimes shy to show, but once you do, you can really connect 
with other people, including your clients, your users, and bringing that through the whole process. And then you decided to move back after a few years? I did. I had the big decision in front of me, like, do I want more backyard barbecues or more rooftop, you know, happy hours? You know, I have a twin <laughs> sister that lives in Austin and it was really appealing at the time to move back to Austin for, for those backyard barbecue kind of hangouts. But when I moved wow. back, it was, Austin was flourishing, you know, South by Southwest had become recently in the last couple of years at that time, very much bigger, very, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a big um, event on the map, you know, and um, a lot of technology was evolving out Austin. Skyscrapers were going up left and right, you know, and so there were the rooftop happy hours and there were the backyard barbecue. So I really had the best of both worlds. And what was meant to be a temporary move back turned into like many years. <laughs> making so you are in friends. Dallas yeah. now. What's that? You are in Dallas now. I am in Dallas now. Yes. So I was in Austin and worked for this agency I told you about, the B2B agency. And I decided I wanted to start my own agency. I was, you know, once you get to the level where you're in spreadsheets all day long and looking at uh, utilization numbers and profitability, I, I kind of missed design. So I went and started my own boutique agency there in Austin and Sure enough, a couple of years later, what am I doing? I'm in spreadsheets again, you know, but I, I did get I did get the opportunity to, you know, step back and do some more design work that I was really proud of and some branding and some, you know, really helping out entrepreneurs and business startups along with some other larger organizations, universities, higher ed, government, got to work on all sorts of projects at that time. And um, I was acquired by an agency that I was subcontracting with um, and me and my, my team and we built processes and we built UX and UI work for that agency and developed that practice within there. And that's when I sort of moved to Dallas because I had didn't need to be networking and finding all my new jobs because I had um, on my own, right, because I had um, an agency helping me uh, bring in new work at that point. And so I moved up to Dallas, started a family. Then was recruited to go work at a new opportunity, which is back to B2B, full circle, <laughs> back to B2B. Um, Elevated Third is a B2B a marketing and website digital agency. So we focus not only on the website, but the marketing around um, that well, landscape. Back to talk about the uh, your, your current position, but yeah. let me take a step back and let me ask you that you said you were a kite designer or uh -huh. physical hard product designer yeah. now from that design to software products design how was the transition and do you think that there are any similarities are there any major differences how do you find both the worlds that's a good question because they're very similar you know product design whether it's a physical product or an intangible sort of digital product are very similar the pros and cons are when you make a physical product, you can actually hold it in your hand and feel it and have that sensation. And you see instant user gratification, you know, when you see it around in places. The pros on the digital side are if you have a typo on something, you can just log in and fix it. Like it's more malleable. So like, let's say you have an accidental packaging typo, which, you know, maybe the scenario isn't real, but maybe it is on a package that goes out and it's been master packed and shipped, you know, from China and it's sitting in a box somewhere and there's a spelling error. You have to go in and undo every box and put a label on top. Well, guess what? In digital, you just log in and fix it. So that forgiveness is 
amazing, but the the processes are really, really similar. So when I was in New York, I had a mentor, you know, sit me down. I think he was from the fashion industry and mentoring me in product design about processes and setting up your projects correctly and iteration and how to, you know, get like set up your folder structures. And when I started in digital, it was the exact same. That's the first thing I noticed that were very similar, that those practices were tried and true. Other things that are very similar is communication. Like, how do you communicate about what you're designing? Like that selling of your idea is equally as important between the two. Um, So the presentation of the selling of the idea, the communication is very important to the success of whatever it is you're doing. And then the user testing, obviously, what, you know, I'm passionate about. Does the product work? Can you fit, you know, whatever it is into the space it needs to go in? You know, if you're doing a product, like um, I worked on some things that were women's tools and so forth, like they had to be ergonomically fit into the whole, the women's hands, as opposed to a very large hand tool, for example, like a drill needed to be a little smaller, right? Um, but same thing, products, digital products, we have to do the same sort of testing. The approach is, is a little different. You know, we need them to be on the computer. We're recording their interactions, but you can also do the same with with product testing in the physical. So it's very important, obviously, to do that. But amazingly, I mean, the, the experiences that you are actually seeing. I did interview Doug Appleton in the first episode of the season, which is uh, live at the moment, and he works at Perception, and he is an Emmy winner for the opening sequence of Wonder Vision. And they do a lot of work for Marvel. They started off with uh, the glass phone for Iron Man 2. And they do a lot of uh, special effects for Black Panther uh, movies as well. So the question that I had for him was on the same lines that, you know, there is always going to be this baggage that you are defining what future tech is going to look like. So everything that you see in Wakanda, in, in Black Panther movies, is designed by perception and he was part of the team as a design leader so i i had to ask him like what sort of brief do you actually get i mean if if somebody comes from marvel or give you a script and say um we want this design to be like that and they they, they said that uh, the communication here becomes completely random i mean you you get the very high level idea and then you have to do something around it and see that if it hits or misses, then the writers get involved and then they actually put it in the script that this is how it is supposed to be executed. And that was, I think, even though it feels like it's a very different world out there, but mm-hmm. I think what you are saying, I can completely connect the dots and that uh, there is always going to be this one key aspect in designing is about the communication, the brief, the team getting on the same page and finally coming up with the end product that everybody is happy with. Yes. And that's where design thinking really helps when you have a brief, it's abstract, you don't know exactly what they have in mind. You can, you know, tease out more, you know, with design thinking, you can explode it, you can dissect it like a prism, you know, you can shine the light through and see all the variables and variations that need to be thought about as you go into understanding that brief building, whatever the thing is, whether it's a Marvel you know, animation, whether it's a product, you know, woman's tool, you know, or a website. Yeah. And and perception, they call it sci-fi thing. I'm not sure. They just tossed the term and I had to, you know, dig him up on what do you actually mean by that? And I think that was (laughs) 
the new learnings from that conversation. And just you mentioned about a couple of things about that, you know, you not just went from Texas to New York, you also moved from product designer to UX product designer. Mm -hmm. Then you also went from a designer to an agency owner. And now you are again, you decided that, okay, I just need to get in the work because I, that's what I wanted to do. There are so many transitions which are happening. Do you think that how important it is for any UX designer to have that sort of variety, maybe culturally, maybe work experience-wise, domain-wise? And um, some people just start with the same line and they just continue throughout their careers. Do you think it is important to have that sort of variance to polish the skill set, to become the design leader, the next level one. Do you think that is there is a bigger impact on it? Or so what do you think that, you know, what are the more important aspects as a designer to have that variety of experience in their career, personally and professionally? Yeah, well, what you're mentioning is for me, continuous learning, right? So if you enter your career and you think I'm going to be on this pathway forever, like when I went to college, I thought I was going to be a photographer. And I saw someone retouching photos when I was in the dark room with like pen and paper, like paint on the actual photos. Our intern mm -hmm. had Photoshop. And I'm like, what is that? What is, what are you doing? And so I was like, well, I want to do that. I want to do what she's doing. So I got in Photoshop, moved to Illustrator, moved to, you know, into all that, those design tools and photos became a part of my toolbox, not the outcome of my toolbox. So if I would have stayed, like, I'm going to be a photographer and then I would have missed out on all these other opportunities because technology changes. And that's one thing that you already mentioned. So if you're continually learning and you're evolving, you're open to keeping up with technology. And so relying on mentors to help make those transitions is extremely important too. Even though the mentor may not be in your field, they have the, the background to help you see how to make that transition, how to apply those learnings from those, those proven learnings over time to what you're doing. And so you're more ushered into those transitions. Nice one. All right. So with that, we are going to sidetrack the conversation to my rapid fire questions. Oh, I can't I wait. The bottom. Uh, <laughs> they were here on the table. All right. So I have questions. I'm just going to resequence them so that they are not as they are always. And uh, there is a writable note so I can actually shuffle or change them. But generally, they are the same. Okay. So my first question is, what would you do if you were elected president of the United States for a day? Ooh, for a day. Well, there are a couple of things I can think of. One, I would help with the immigration uh, of people that are um, displaced from their home countries. I feel really strongly about equal access to land, you know, um, despite citizenship. And um, I know there's a lot to that that. It's a loaded question. You had to start with politics, really. And so I feel strongly about giving you know, humanity the right to exist in a peaceful environment. That's the first thing I would do. There are more. But that's in the good. whole day? What's that? In the whole day? In the whole day. Oh, I would also be working on rights for um, LGBTQ and making sure that they have a really again, peaceful existence to be who they are uh, without right. any government interference. And then the third thing I would do is women's rights. 
helping make sure that they can make the choices they need to make to be healthy and make the best choice for their families. You're absolutely right. Even sometimes my sister comes to me with questions that what the hell is happening in the US? Sorry, I'm going a bit political, but I'm like, things happen, but you are not living there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she lives in Europe, so they calm down. It's all right. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I totally understand. And sorry about starting off with that question. Now, the second question okay. is, if you want 10 million tomorrow, what is the first thing you're going to buy? Oh my goodness. I buy my house that I live in right now. <laughs> I have a mortgage. And so that would be probably the first thing I would buy. Um, <laughs> Sunrise or sunsets? Ooh, sunsets. Definitely. I like to sit back, put my feet up, enjoy the, the colors food. of the sky. That's so nice. Listen to the, the crickets and the cicadas. And the barbecue. I uh, went to go with it. In the barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Next one. Books or movies? Oh, I like both, but I prefer movies. Which one? Oh, right now. The reason I say movies is because I have a four-year-old daughter and a day wouldn't be complete without an animation. You know, so <laughs> I was into books and now the books I read every night are like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And I read <laughs> three or four books every day. Um, but the animation that we're into right now is the Super Mario movie. We went to see it in the theater. And as a Atari, you know, video game player back in the day, love me some Mario. So Princess Peach gets to be the hero. You know, that's fantastic. And my daughter just loves the action of it. And the, the fact that we have Jack Black as Bowser is like, really, that's the best cast in animated character <laughs> you know he's from austin too so. so so in the next couple of weeks Oppenheimer is out and barbie is in oh yeah well we're we definitely are gonna have to get reservations for that one <laughs> all right your favorite mobile phone app oh gosh i have so many i remember reading some data whenever we were doing ios like one doing apps back in those days like people only used four to five apps i mean this was ios one so at a time and I have disproved them over time I can't tell you how many apps I use on a daily basis but which one is your favorite oh I'm just gonna have to say messenger I mean like <laughs> my life has changed I don't like email anymore if you need me send me a text but other ones you know slack is great to have uh, work access at any given point I mean I have so many on here that I'm using you know food delivery like grocery stores just show up with food and I don't even have to like go there you know I mean so use. the next question is not going to be you know it, it's a just total guess so go out or stay in so I believe stay in is in you're hearing <laughs> stay in yeah absolutely <laughs> I so today I had this craving for a pizza and I ordered it and because of the bad weather, I got a call from the restaurant. Domino's called and said, sorry, we can't deliver today. We are going to refund you. I'm like, what? I need my pizza. But that's life. I think 2020 and that whole pandemic that we went through changed that in within me. And I found a lot of peace, you know, staying home. I do like to go out, you know, for a special occasion. But staying home has really become easier with all the apps and with technology we have this great across the world you and I are talking right now and we have this great rapport and we're just virtually connected 
Right. And going out in Texas is always going to be tacos. <laughs> tacos. Uh, we have barbecue. And chips and, you know, everything which is served right there. And then I, every time I'm in, I'm in Texas, I definitely enjoy eating food at least once of the all the Mexican specialities that Texas has to offer. Oh, yeah. Tex-Mex uh, is a staple for sure. <laughs> okay. And the last question, your favorite holiday destination? My favorite holiday destination? I like the beach. I'm a big fan of the beach. I went to Hawaii recently. Well, not so recently. I went to Hawaii about eight or nine years ago, and it was true paradise on earth. So I just really enjoy the waves and the calming noises and just sitting on the sand. If I can sit on the sand somewhere and someone is bringing me a drink at the same time, like that's heaven right there. So do Houston, Houston has got a beach, right? Near is Dallas or? Yeah, it's actually Galveston, south of Houston. We have Corpus Christi, Galveston, Port Aransas. I actually went there just a couple of weeks ago. No, sorry. I actually went there just a couple of years ago and Airbnb to house right on the coast. And it was just cold and rainy the whole time. So I didn't really get to enjoy the beach too much, but I do plan to go back shortly. My daughter's been asking. Nice. I'm going to go to Goa maybe in a couple of weeks, but it is going to be monsoon season. And I'm not sure that how it is going to turn out, but that's the only holiday that I'm going to get. So I'm definitely going to spend it on a beach because I, I like mountains, but the travel is perilous. You have to go, you know, a lot on the Bendy Road. So I'd rather take a flight directly and then just enjoy and get back home. Absolutely. Even though we were on the beach when it was raining and cold and it was still lovely, we had sunset walks we picked up shells we played we built sand castles we played in the sand and we retreated into our you know airbnb every now and then to get warm but then we would return and you know collect things you know bring um, home little souvenirs sounds like uh, you know fun holidays so with that rapid fire is completed so okay. uh, now you know a little bit better that you are a beach person who likes to stay in, watch the sunset, do the barbecue, order in food, watch an animated film, and just chill. I think that is like, you know, perfect kind of life that people can actually plan. So, And that's my are. current life as after becoming a parent. You know, prior, if you would have asked me five years ago, 10 years ago, I would have had very different answers for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so five years ago, as you just said before, starting out your career, and now you are working at Elevated Third. And in your job right now, you're back to the B2B side of things, and you're dealing with big brands and big names as well. Just before the podcast recording, you were mentioning something about a player's website, which has gone live. So how does UX and marketing actually connect because marketing, when we are talking about it, is all about business goals because that is where the money is coming from. Absolutely. And, Performance and driving and, revenue. And UX side is always that, you know, doing the user advocacy and getting, uh, you know, two points together so that users don't feel alienated of the entire experience. What is the connection and how do you bridge it? Yeah, absolutely. Marketing technology, there's a there's an overlap there, you know, right now with all of the intent-based marketing and all of the lead capture tools and CRMs that everyone is are uh, executing on their website to help measure the performance of their sites. 
to ensure that they're driving leads, they're driving revenue. And your site is the core storefront. You know, the, the type of work we do at Elevated Third, we do B2B SaaS companies. So they're looking to sell their product. So we're not working on the actual SaaS product. We're working on the website that is generating the customers for them. And so that user experience is very important as well because those customers have a problem they're, they need to solve. And they're oftentimes maybe searching on the web for what types of software or what types of tools can help solve their problems. So SEO is really important. Understanding how those users talk about their problems so we can greet them with the, the correct SEO and then bring them organically to the site with paid search to the site. And then once they arrive on that site, are we meeting their needs? Like, Is there a solution for that customer's potential customer's need? And are we engaging them through the UX and the visuals to convert um, to becoming like giving the information that they have that valuable data, you know, their their name and their email addresses so they can be contacted by that SaaS company. It's not transactional. You don't actually buy the software on their website necessarily. You you will engage because they're bigger software expenses for businesses. The the question still remains on the business goal side of things. Many a times these entrepreneurs who are designing the SaaS product they have this vision or their understanding of the product that they have built or the yeah. problem they are solving. And do you think it is always the right market fit or when you're marketing, you have to you know, recommend some tweaks in their product or the way it is being offered? There are a lot of times we are looking at the product and we are wanting to align it more to the brand. We're wanting to align the user interface to the, the marketing site that we're building or a new brand. A lot of the companies we work with are working with branding agencies and bringing us new designs or new, not actually new designs. A lot of the companies we work with are working with branding agencies and they're bringing us new brand elements that we're designing new websites for and their old products don't look anything like this new brand that's invigorated and youthful. And sometimes we get screenshots to put on their website and we're like, oh, clash, clash. We need we need to change some of that. And there have been times we've updated the screenshots to look more modern and they go and their product designers take hints from those and start to update their, their UI as a result. And we are also looking at the products themselves, offering UX audits, providing feedback, doing user research and testing and to go in and look at those products from that user view. The brand consistency always remains an issue. I mean, that is a very common thing that we have noticed. The website looks wonderful, but the logos or the screenshot, they look like you just, you know, pasted there paper cuts and you know it, it's just clippings which are pasted and when we say that these changes you should make then they the cost overhead comes uh, on top of it or sometimes you just make the website look authenticate uh, authenticated or something that people can actually trust because that's the job of marketing to build up the trust mm -hmm. while some visiting is it an easy sell or you know you have to convince or how does it go by because products are always going to be you know a different ball game altogether that mm -hmm. you know nobody wants to touch it or well people don't want others to touch their designs or products yeah so we're we're really focused on the marketing like i mentioned the marketing of the website that sells those products you know we, we dip into the product design here and there but we really we, we hire designers that have marketing backgrounds we hire people who are open to business objectives. So when you mentioned earlier, like how do how does user experience and marketing, you know, unite, 
you know, we have to think about the business goals of the the business and the business goals of the customer, right? And so those things have to overlap and we really focus on where those two overlap. So we really wanna focus on solving those their problems. Um, what other uh, technologies can we integrate that's a good value for the user and a good value for the client so that they can get more out of the website quicker, um, be able to- uh, Get to the end goal. Yeah, get to um, the end goal. So as a- UX design leader, you have your own operations, you have built a company, you have built teams, and right now you're also at a senior position in your organization. What are some leadership challenges that you think that was, you learned the hard way? I mean, well, um, yes. <laughs> some of the leadership challenges, having new people that just came from their certificates or their they have a degree that they they just graduated and we bring them in and we think okay they're ready to hit the ground running but then applying what they learned in their education to practical everyday working with clients not always getting to do all of the user testing that they want having to understand what they need to do fits within a budget like some of those things can't be taught in school but they are taught in real life application and the practice of applying your principles and things that you've learned to real work and so having more um, hand-holding having more mentoring and um, education on that in real life practice with clients has been something that I've learned that to just not to expect that they can come in and do that, but you know that's where you, they need to also seek out mentors. They need to also seek out um, people who can help them understand transitioning from education into business. Amazing. And with that note, my next question, or just to conclude the conversation for today would be that what is the advice you would give to those green designers? Yeah, absolutely. I would encourage them to continually learn, like we talked about earlier. Uh, networking is huge. Always reach out to people you know when you need a job or you need advice or you just want someone to re review your portfolio for you. Connect on LinkedIn to other people in similar industries and, and engage with them. Join groups online. Go to meetups and events because that could be your next job. That's, that's how I've gotten all but one job that I can think of in my career is just through networks. And so that's really, really important. Um, and then finally, like I mentioned, you know, the uh, mentors, because I continue to use mentors today, even though I might be, you know, the director of the organization um, for accountability purposes, right? So I've had really great mentors. Luckily, my organization sees the value of mentors and brings in consultants and people for us to work with, even though we are on the leadership team. So that's something that I, I can mentor and I am a mentee at this time still. Amazing. So Mindy, with that, I would say it was an amazing conversation. And I think what the work that you're doing at Elevated Third is uh, quite remarkable. And we should always, anybody gets the opportunity, they should try that out and see on their website what they're doing and offering. But with that, also, Mindy is available on LinkedIn. So you can reach out and drop a line if you want to have a conversation further. So with that, thank you very much for joining us today, Mindy. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. It was very fun too. I enjoyed you. the banter. <laughs> <laughs>
it was it was fun definitely we learned a lot and we can just aligning the the different worlds but you know in the end the job remains the same so it was a pleasure and i hope that we get to talk once again in coming seasons all right great i look forward to it thank you so much thank you very much to you and to all the listeners see you all the next time have a great day ahead bye